Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the House List Podcast. Uh, I'm so happy to be bringing this to you again. This is the second new one. Each one I do now feels like a mini triumph because I'm really piecing these together with the help of just friends and family from far-flung places. And this is how we're going to get the show done, you know? And I know that with each passing episode... I'm going to bring you something cool and unique that you are definitely not going to get on any other podcast, especially a music-oriented, conversational one. So, um, and this is absolutely no exception because my guest today is truly one of a kind, Daniel Aged. Some of you might know him from his work with his band that he has with his brother, Andrew. So they started... Uh, being known sort of as Teen Inc. There was a couple singles, which then turned into the group referring to themselves just as Inc. And a pretty remarkable debut album on the 4AD label in 2013. And that was right around the time that I started working with them. I actually worked as their booking agent for years, and we did many, many cool shows and just trying to continuously push the boundaries um, which they undoubtedly do with their music so beyond working with them I've always been a huge fan of the band's work and over the pandemic I guess or over last year you know like most people I was uh, spent most of my time at home and there's two releases uh, that I listened to non-stop on cassette as well and thankfully i have my old uh you know dual cassette deck that i've had for ages that does um uh, still functions in the auto reverse or auto repeat technique so ink's 2016 album as light as light and daniel's solo debut self-released uh, self-titled album um I had on repeat, nonstop, playing those tapes back to back to back. And it was just a vibe, a very therapeutic one, and one that really helped me uh, just gain a lot of peace of mind um, while I essentially stared out the window (laughs) for long stretches of time. So nevertheless, uh, I've always found their music to be very healing and totally inspiring. Daniel lives in L.A. I was able to, and not too far from me, so we were able to hook up at my house, and it was the first conversation I recorded at home in, in a very long time, and just catching up over over some time. He just put out a really, really cool album that's uh, streaming everywhere now called You Are Protected by Silent Love. I highly recommend going to his band camp, which I link in the description of this podcast, um, Daniel Aged dot bandcamp uh to cop that and that to solo record his his daniel aged you know self-titled album is also on there and he is just on a major trip exploring you know the far reaches of instrumental music you know he's a you know classically self-trained bass player but total multi multi multi-instrumentalist and just has such a cool approach to um to recording and to, uh, you know, improv and songwriting. Last year, too, he did two amazing songs with Frank Ocean and uh, as a duo, just the two of them, which uh, Frank released and 
I'm sure they have uh, some great music coming in the future together, which is pretty remarkable. Um, you know, FKA Twigs, which is she became an iconic, uh, you know, pop artist in her own right, were, in my opinion, were, was introduced to the world through Daniel and Andrew um, a few years ago. At least her first music really was with them as far as like that entered the consciousness. Uh, and, you know, Daniel himself was uh, taken under the wing of the great Raphael Sadiq, too, at a very young age. and played um, in his band of touring for years and still does. So the dude just has like an amazing amount of perspective um, when it comes to the craft, you know? So let's get into this. Also want to shout out a couple people um, to my man, Elijah out in Toronto, who's helping with the edit of this show. I also meant to shout out my, my friend Derek, who did the edit on the Matthew David episode. If you haven't listened to this that episode, you might you might dig that. So I'll, I encourage you guys to go back to that. And just to all the people that hit me up after the first one, let's like you know get this momentum going back. You know, I know that I'm doing something a little different, and the, my guests are definitely a little different. But um, I want to just try to carve out my own lane again. And I appreciate all you guys for listening, um, even if you don't know some of the guests that I might be. Uh, putting up trust that i'm bringing it to the table with the hopes of putting you on to something that you might actually really like too so dig in enjoy this conversation and definitely um go cop uh, daniel's brand new album and i did open uh this show up with the lead song from that record too so again click that link in the description and you'll be able to go uh hear it yourself it's streaming everywhere just like this podcast, available everywhere you get podcasts. The House List. My name is Peter Gostin. Let's get into this thing. All right, cool. Peace. One, I'm very grateful to be uh, recording this conversation with you. Uh, it's been a long time. I feel like I've known you for a very long time. Yeah. I've sort of grown up together it's sort of yeah in a way. it has been a long time and um doing this here in my living room and i haven't really recorded a lot of conversations here but i'm so glad that i'm doing this with you because last year all of 2020 there's two albums that i listened to non-stop and it's these two and thankfully because they were on cassette too that kind of helped them be non-stop because i had it on auto reverse the whole time right but you're this First solo album of yours, I guess, if you if you'll yeah. consider it that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this Ink album, um, as light as light, which I think is definitely quite slept on too, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and when it came out, I don't, I, I might not have even given it the proper, you know, time to, in in like ingest it as I did like a couple years later because I think it was 2016. I think so. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So these two records were just like. I mean, I would let this your this record, which is just self-titled, right? Self-titled, yeah. Probably go, especially like if I was having dinner outside, because I got speakers outside. Mm -hmm. I would let it go like six, seven times in a row. I'm not even oh, that's kidding. That's cool. Because it's such, and you know, you're here, you kind of see what the environment is here yeah. as well. So it plays, that album plays very well into this environment. That's great. So yeah, I absorbed it exponentially. So thank you for that. Man, thank you. Um, I'd love to maybe talk about this before. I'm going to go back a little bit, but I would love to talk about it because I feel like this kind of came and, and you know, your, your, your music and your music with your brother 
I feel like is such personal work. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it might be the press and the public's, uh, you know, perception of it might be a little too one dimensional and stuff Mm. to like review or whatever in a formal sense. Right. Um, So you guys have always sort of never been too invested in that game, playing that game. Right. You'd agree with that, right? I mean, that's a tough, yeah, it's a tough game. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to play it, honestly, for right. to make truthful, to make honest music yeah. and, and try to play that game. Yeah. You know, it seems. Uh, well, when you listen to that, the solo album, it's like, uh, it feels like you're not even connected to that consciousness whatsoever. So mm-hmm. it's like very free, mm-hmm. feels very unencumbered of like any kind of form because you're you're playing most all the instruments too, right? Yeah, all them, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. cool. Because there's like slide guitar and there's like deep bass tones and, you know, I mean, I don't know what the instrumentation was, but could you just tell me, since I've listened to it so many times, just the whole process behind that? I'm super fascinated by that album. Yeah, it was um, kind of like the first experiment to re- release music under my own name, like solo music. Yeah. So a lot of it was just... You know, and I'm always making music, always making things and not really ever knowing what to do with them. Some things will be really short, but like an idea or a feeling that I connect with or something. So a lot of that was just sifting through a bunch of things that I had on my computer and on a tape machine and kind of just, uh, yeah, kind of compiling them in a way that and kind of taking them apart and then putting them back together to just kind of make a, a feeling, I guess, through through it. And using certain instruments that I was drawn to, like pedal steel guitar, obviously bass is, you know. That's your I primary instrument. Yeah, that's where I come from. That's like my spirit. But then, yeah, also exploring what it's like to be uh, holding melodies and, you know, being the main voice of music because most of the time I'm sort of providing a support role in mm-hmm. this, so... Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what that was. Um, just made it in my old little basement studio. Do you ever do vocals yourself? Are there vocals that are buried in there somewhere? Or? No, I don't think so. No, I don't really. I haven't really used the voice, hmm. my own voice, in that way. I don't know if I ever will, but maybe. Yeah. Know, yeah, I feel like that. Maybe the the chemistry between you and your brother it's you know there's really been no need that's his primary right i mean he's an amazing guitar player right too yeah yeah i mean i've always been fascinated by that dynamic between Mm -hmm. you and him andrew yeah and that's a thing that was basically from if not i mean i I can't say birth per se but definitely childhood yeah definitely childhood yeah yeah when we started playing about 11 or 12. Wow. He's a year older. So, yeah. And just kind of, yeah, I mean, we spent, you know, so much time playing together that, it, yeah, it's kind of like an unspoken language that we have with that. And then also just working on our own crafts and taking time apart. And, yeah, there's always, that's always been like a, a yeah, a really important relationship, I guess. Was it like, did you start with lessons? No, we just started, uh, I took like a couple lessons when I started from this guy in town, but, uh, my dad had a bass that he just, he had got at a garage sale for like 30 bucks or something. And it was just sitting around in a closet 
and my brother had got a guitar and uh yeah we just kind of started like learning nirvana songs and offspring and Jim wow. Hendrix and just self-taught yeah self-taught yeah wow just kind of figuring figuring it out we had a couple guys in town like yeah in monterey there's a lot of great musicians that end up there like kind of more yeah. retired because of the jazz festival and like mm-hmm. there's a certain community there um so there was a few guys that like throughout learning music like would just kind of come around and like yeah be mentors in certain ways that's amazing but were your parents mu- musicians or no no oh, interesting no. They're like music heads, though. Yeah. Our dad was like a jazz critic in the 70s. And oh, stuff. no way. Cool. So, yeah, he had a bunch of like CTI records and stuff. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of them right there. Yeah, see. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. So that was being played in the house and stuff, too, growing up? Or? Yeah, a lot of like soul and, and uh, jazz and, yeah. Yeah, so that must, you know, subconsciously be, you know, baked into your guys' minds at that young of an age. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Because you can then play from almost memory by listening or something like that. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it feels like that's the first language, you know, like before English even. Wow. Did you guys go to school together? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Did you play like in band in school? Or? Um, kind of. We would play in different bands, but... Um, but not like the school band? Oh, we played in like jazz band and yeah. stuff, yeah. But it was kind of like, it was... Kind of, our our school was like real small. And oh, okay. There was really like three musicians that were like really into oh. it, you know. But but in town there was a lot of other like at other schools. There's like a county jazz band played in. Um, so yeah, there's like a lot of musicians around. Some really great musicians, like still like amazing. Mm-hmm. A lot of jazz musicians. And yeah. Stuff, so. Yeah. I remember, like, years ago, seeing some picture of the two of you guys, like, on stage. Like, I don't know if you had shared it or shown it somewhere, but, like, you look like you're 12 or 13. And it's, like, in some ensemble or something like that. Does that ring any bells to you? Or or was it that you started touring, like, so young, too? Because I know eventually you would start playing in touring yeah groups right like i still look like i was 12 when I was like 18 <laughs> too so. right <laughs> but um yeah i mean throughout throughout like high school i was playing like probably like four nights a week like every weekend because there's all kinds of like bars and and like weird like sunday brunch jazz gigs and okay, you know yeah. played yeah. in some churches and 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 it was like a way to make money so it was yeah. like i was by the time I could drive, I was, like, trying to play basically as much as possible. Wow. So almost starting, like, as, like, a hired gun type of guy? Yeah. At, like, 16, I was, like, playing, like, yeah, three or four jazz gigs a week kind of thing. That's incredible. Because it would be more, like, I guess of that era and maybe living in California, it would be more traditional to, like, play, like, in a garage rock band right. or in people's houses and stuff like that. Were you doing that, too? Were you doing rock stuff as well or no? Not really, honestly. Cool. Like when we were like when I was like tw- like when we first started it was more that, but pretty quickly got into like so in high school it was like I guess I started high school in 2000 and that's like when Voodoo came out and like right. that's like for me that's like a really great time for music like miseducational Lauren Hill. Like there was a certain like I don't know, Voodoo basically, you know, the influence of 
of that is like so strong. It's still like amazing album to me. Um, Do you remember when you bought it or how you got it? I just bought the CD, I guess, yeah. you know, probably at a, the warehouse or mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as soon as that, because there was also like, you know, jazz musicians on that and it's obviously influenced oh, by gospel a lot and, you know, Spanky's on it, a lot of, and Raphael Sadiq and all these amazing musicians. So I don't know what it is, but that album especially was like a gateway to like a whole, you know, to a lot of different music and yeah you know yeah definitely you can hear that in in the stuff you're doing right now Mm. although it's like maybe a very like abstract string back to that right but um the soulfulness and the tonality maybe Mm -hmm. um that's my interpretation though so like you know yeah um i think also the way that it mixed genres in a way you know it wasn't like created its own genre and like and uh yeah same with Prince or something, you know, like draws Absolutely. from so many things, but it, but it's, it's also uniquely its own or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you look back at, you know, the trajectory of the records that you and your brother did too, that you're definitely playing with those same concepts and right. stuff too, kind of like, uh, you know, a mix of genre and right. form and, yeah. and things. Um, so then, but I mean, the so you said Raphael Sadiq. Now I know that you guys would play with him eventually. So mm-hmm. what leads? Because that's a big, that's a big. There's a big leap between like, you know, when you're in high school and playing like on the weekends and right. Sunday brunch, you know, or gospel brunch gigs and stuff. So is there a is there a bridge between that and and something as big as going on tour with someone like him? Man, it kind of happened fairly fast. Like God willing. Um, yeah, we I, we both moved down to L.A. to go to college. And okay. When I was, like, 18. So throughout high school, when I turned 18, I was, like, really thought I was just going to be a jazz musician. Yeah. Like, that's all I was going to focus on. And that's all I did focus on, like, Im- improvised music and new music and, like, just really, like, trying to learn the spirit of jazz and improvising. And, but, you know, that generally it's hard to have a career in that music yes it's hard to make historically <laughs> so were you playing a stand-up yeah i was playing stand-up nice. yeah a lot of stand-up and Dope. and electric kind of had both things going like so i would play different sessions and different gigs in town that were more like whatever you play to make money i guess i got called to just play a gig with some with a singer that was rehearsing at Raphael's studio Mm -hmm. in in the valley and he just came in one day and like was watching us rehearse then he called me like i was like 21 and then he called me like three months later and he was like hey do you want to uh can you come in and like play with me and this drummer lamar and that was it and then i played with him for like 10 years on and off. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, because, I, yeah, I mean, I remember even recently when the last, like, tour that you and Andrew did, the one with, um, what, I think? Oh, yeah, yeah. That didn't, there, you were toggling back and forth because you then went to, you were touring with him around that time, too. Yeah, I was to touring do. with him up until, yeah, end of uh, 2019. Oh, no way. Wow, yeah. man. Yeah, kind of. I've done, yeah, I've taken breaks from it and then come back. And, I mean, what a musical genius that guy is. Yeah, man, he's he's the big bro. He's like, 
Yeah, so much respect for him. Yeah, definitely. So you play like you play the all of like his whole catalog when doing the shows. Yeah, anniversary and everything. Yeah, Tony stuff. Yeah, wow, dude, Pearl. anniversary. I mean, like everyone loves that song. But <laughs> I, that shit will seriously. I will shed a tear every time I hear that. Oh song. yeah, it's so good. I know. Man. It's so emotional. I know. You know. He's so good, man. He's so he's so deep. Like his musical understanding. He's like an encyclopedia of music too. So. I bet. Just being around him, I, I absorb a lot, and and the people that he has around. You know, he played with Prince when he was super young. So, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was like nineteen or something, and went on tour with Prince. So he's like, you know, he just comes from that direct lineage. Yeah, that, that I like respect so much, and yeah, and for you to be able to plug into that and him. Just in an organic way, him see you by chance. You're kind of playing on someone else's project, and then it kind of go in that order of operations. Is that's pretty awesome. Yeah, know? it's kind of yeah. It doesn't make sense, you know. Feels like a blessing, really. Yeah, absolutely. Growing up, like that was my, you know, I would study his bass playing and yeah. for like, you know, every every day after school and stuff. Would you play on? Have you guys recorded together as well? Or? No, I haven't. I haven't played on his stuff because he's a monster. He's got that taken yeah. care of, right? <laughs> but I'll play it live for him. You know, that's so cool, man. Um, but yeah, because I always wonder that because that was mostly you, or did was did Andrew get in the in the mix with that as well? Or I think he played like one or two oh, cool. shows with us. But yeah, that was mostly just me me with playing with him. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so clearly that must uh, then inform like when you guys start making your records for the first time. Yeah, big time. Yeah, I yeah. think I was so inspired at that time too by his like work ethic, because mm-hmm. um, we'd rehearse for like thirteen hours a day, and you know, wow, it was nice. really like that level of of musicianship and 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 uh, dedication to it, you know. And so when we started the band, it was like it was really coming from that place a lot, you know, and also mixed with like want like a little bit of subversion or something and so what do you mean a little bit of like i think for me it felt like punk in its work ethic because it was it was really like intentional or i don't know it's not the right phrasing but i think the level of musicianship was like something that it it was punk because of the level of musicianship (laughs) yeah 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 you're guided by by that force so it wasn't like um you guys weren't practicing like under like a state of duress or anything like right. that you know it was yeah. just like everyone could maybe just be powered by their own talents or right like, you know that's i mean what a fortunate position to be in too you yeah know? Like, so did the how does that then turn into you guys like actually you and your brother start recording stuff because because that was there something before Teen Inc. There must have been some semblance, or was that the very first actualization of you guys as a group? That kind of was the first. I mean, we had been working on music, you know, like we made stuff. I remember one time we went to like we were recording in the Bay Area. This was probably two thousand eight or nine. We kind of both like stopped touring stopped taking work we kind of both saved up money from touring Mm -hmm. and and gigging and stuff and took a break to like work on music together and and create in that way learn about recording and stuff and we did um a a week at some studio together like trying to make some music and 
and we worked with some engineer and like it was just like banging our heads against the wall like mm-hmm. trying to make something unique and new but the person we were working with was really coming from a sort of strict pedagogy of like whatever indie or you know like some kind of ideas of music sure. that were already formed and uh it really wasn't working and we recorded on tape and like we were driving home and we just like threw the tape out the window <laughs> <laughs> oh wow so we had we did stuff but it wasn't until we like and eventually that person was like man you guys just need to do this on your own like and we were like okay so we kind of that's when we started the teen ink stuff and and just kind of like making things as we heard them you know and obviously you know you try your best and there, you always there's always room for improvement but mm-hmm. that's that was the first time that we kind of yeah did that so and that was um fountains was the rec- first record that mm-hmm. came out right yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah what did you is there stuff from that period of time that you never put out oh yeah oh really yeah, interesting because yeah. that stuff i mean i remember being really kind of taken aback by it when I first heard it, because in and I'm pretty certain that it, that it was Dame, that it was Dame Funk was who put me on to oh, right, yeah. your music. It definitely connected us. I remember, mm-hmm. and I was just like, definitely locked in the with just with that first record on. Mm-hmm. You know, like as I know a lot of people were. It was, I think it like hit folks at a very good great period of time too right. at least from what i recall yeah um and this is like maybe 2010 or 11 or something like that yeah um yeah it was fountains and what was the other track um uh it was called friend of the night yeah and how did you that was just the two of you alone in the studio did you have other musicians with you or were you starting yeah. to assemble people we ha- uh yeah we kind of had assembled people just a little band we had a friend who played drums this guy lewis cole Mm-hmm. Played drums on one of those, but the rest was just us. I think Sam Gendel played on. That's when yeah. we started playing. That guy's having a moment. Right He's having now. a moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think I just got this from. Um, oh yeah. From, uh, from Matthew Davids uh, from the Leaving Records yeah. uh, HQ. Right. And when I was kind of getting ready for our conversation, I didn't realize he was. He played on um, that on the album too on No World. Yeah, like, quite yeah. a bit, right? Or a few different songs and stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but is that someone you met down here in L.A.? Or how did you guys connect? Yeah, I met Sam. Uh, we went to college together. Oh, cool. And then I dropped out and kind of started touring and then and then stopped touring. And then we started working on music. Me and my brother started working on music. And, and we were, like, you know, looking for other people to play with. And, and I think I was down here doing something. We moved back to Monterey, like to, mm-hmm. to just like focus on music, and um, and I like went to Sam's uh, like senior recital or something like randomly, and wow. and he it was like really cool, and he like smashed a saxophone. I was like, oh, this is oh, this dope. really cool. <laughs> so then yeah, we just him and Lewis would kind of come around, come up, stay with us. We'd like just play music, work on music, talk. Cool. Yeah. So then like. Eventually, yeah, eventually we moved in with Sam down here, moved back. Oh, wow. So we lived together, and we're always just kind of, yeah, just kind of always growing in that way, I guess. Yeah, because then the, the EP was, I think, really what then kind of really set stuff off, because then you, I think once you change the name, I mean, the group yeah. changed names, like, a few different times. Yeah. I think that maybe ushered in a different 
sound each time, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, or maybe ethos, right? Possibly, yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, yeah, because uh, I think that's when we, when you and I and your brother started talking more and more, and mm-hmm. eventually we started working together. As you know, I helped try to book some shows and stuff like that for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we had some great ones, and we had some, you know, perplexing ones, perhaps. So. We had some good ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every time, I, I mean, I adored watching you guys play. I mean, it's always, like, a, such an awesome experience. So, And I remember even before we started working, seeing you, I think the first time I saw you was at the Mercury Lounge in New York. Oh, yeah. Which was a pretty early show for you guys, too. Yeah, that was probably... One of the earlier ones. Yeah, first or second New York show, I think. Yeah, and it was, like, a dope band, too, because during that era, you guys had... I saw you with a few different drummers, and if I'm not mistaken, there was a show where you had two drummers or mm-hmm. something, too. Remember? Yeah, there was a tour. Yeah, we did two drummers for a while. It was, was was it that original drummer? or who? Were, it was, um, I think it kind of changed, but that show in New York, I think, was Gene Cloy on drums, and then we had two drummers. I think we did do two drummers with Gene, and then this other drummer, D-Mile. Mm-hmm. And then Lamar, who's kind of been... He's, yeah, he's, he's been, been around yeah. since the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Those are some pretty cool shows to see it like that, like the full band experience, too. Yeah, that was fun. It's fun playing with two drummers. <laughs> yeah, especially with that kind of music, too. It's right. like, you know, like just hyper soulful, but like technical jazz funk fusion, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which was super fun to watch. So, yeah, then that EP comes in and, and it sort of sets in motion, like, you know, a, maybe a bigger break as far as, like, the public being more aware of you guys. Like, right. do you remember, what was that, looking back at that, like, with the album and, like, signing to, like, 4AD and people, you know, it's like this kind of a coveted thing that certain artists of that generation were kind of, you know, strived for or, or wished they could do. And I remember you guys, you know, the album I love, and I want to talk about the music, but I remember, like, how I think it even that experience affected you guys, like, in a way where it was just like you were not as, um, you know, as uh, engaged with the industry as, like, some contemporaries of yours of that era. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, um, for sure. Like, and maybe the question I'm trying to ask, too, is, like, you know, you put all this time into making an effort into making this really incredible record, but how was that, you know, reckoning with what the perception of the industry and press and, like, mm-hmm. do you recall that, like, you guys kind of going down that path? Because having been artists since childhood and then suddenly people can analyze and critique your music, which is highly personal stuff, Right. That's got to be like a pretty particular feeling, you know? Yeah. I think, well, so that time was, yeah, it was kind of intense at times also. Like just between, bro- you know, two brothers yeah. in a creating together in a quote unquote business together. You know, it's like, yeah. and we're siblings. So it's, it was an intense time just in that relationship also. But, um, Personally, I, I'm never, uh, I don't really expect to be understood or something. I don't expect the music to be understood. Like, it would be cool if it is, but I guess the way that I treat music or art or like the way that I create is, it is really personal and it is really, uh, it's like spiritual and it, it, 
it's like I do it for myself, you know. So I don't even really know how to sell it like mm-hmm. to people, and I'm okay with that, you know. Yeah. Um, and so with that, you kind of have to accept like, well, it might, you know. There's other artists that where that's that comes naturally to them, and that's cool. But yeah, so I was never really that affected by that in a way. I think the challenge was more like financially, you know, like how yeah. to how to sustain, how to like keep going, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for me, there's always kind of an element of faith in like, if it's good, it's going to be heard and it's going to, you're going to continue, you're going to yeah. be able to continue if, if, if you're, you know, if the intention is right and it's truthful and to yeah. you, you know, so yeah, that was intense though. And I, it definitely affected my brother in a lot of ways, I think, you know, yeah. to be like misunderstood or, you know, s- stuff like that. Yeah. But, I mean, it's his words on the page too. He wrote all, right. he was writing all those songs, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and we'd write them together, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was singing them. He was more front facing than yeah. I was, you know. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. I mean, you're in yeah in the shows. It's yeah, you're really kind of behind him, and he is the one that is like it's his voice that's being heard and right. perhaps judged. But right. um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that that record I think probably influenced a lot of people as well. That sound was kind of like this. It sort of turned that contemporary approach to like maybe commercial R&B like sort of on its head a little bit mm. I mean th- again this is my interpretation too you take a song like The Place you know which was like a big song for you guys too and like a big a cool music video and stuff like right. that you know um, which uh, so I feel like people I don't know in my opinion I feel like people kind of saw that the musical kind of uh, the palette that you guys were working with, and and it, and it definitely influenced folks. Not saying that people like bit your shit or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, but but you know, it's like groups like you are the ones that kind of like you know you see like the bigger major acts kind of taking note and then maybe like being subconsciously you know following a certain kind of right. style stylistically because because you would get you did like work and write for other larger artists sort of after that too and stuff. Yeah. Well, we did. There was a lot of opportunity to, but we weren't really pursuing it that much. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we did a few things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that's like when we did a lot of our shows were around that period of time. Yeah. Um, and some pretty cool ones. I I think even if I'm not mistaken, we might've done some shows before this, but the big one, that kind of set it off, if I'm not mistaken, or an early one was was with Dame, with Dame Funk and Master Blaster at the El Rey. Oh yeah. With this amazing bill, which I'm very proud of to this day. That it was, was a good With bill. you and early, and uh, Kalayla, yeah. it was like her kind of, she hadn't really come out on her own yet. Yeah. She was just singing in the band. Yeah. Um, Did DJ, she do her own, her own show too, or was she just singing with us? She was just singing with you guys right. in that p- particular show. Yeah. Um, and then it was DJ Harvey and oh, DJ right. Quick. Oh, right. You know? yeah. And the guys from Funkmosphere opened up tonight. But So yeah. it was like a, a pretty wild lineup, which yeah. I love. Yeah, and that was a great era for Dane, too, because the Master Blaster era was like a pretty particular point in his career, too. Right. We were like hardcore on our like punk funk thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's even how you know he introduced you guys to me. It was just like, like kind of a funk uh, brotherhood type right. of thing at that yeah. time yeah 
which was super cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I just love looking back at that time. I, I was remembering, too, as I was kind of, like, going through some stuff that we even did this pretty cool show or performance for uh, Deepak Chopra. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> was I'm not sure exactly how that came about. I know it was during that time. It was like 2013 or something. He like tweeted our song or something. Oh wow! It was just like random, like or not random. It's obviously uh, you know, some sort of synchronicity. But uh, yeah. What song do you remember? I think it was the place. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, he like tweeted it, or he was like in his office, like with the record or something. I can't remember. My memory's not great, but. Yeah, that was and then funny. The, there was a performance or something down at his yeah facility. Yeah, we um, played at his like retreat center. Yes. Oh yeah, which was that was called the uh, I think I wrote this one down. Sages and Scientists Symposium. Right. That's what it was called. Yes, yeah, that's it. That was that was interesting. <laughs> Jim Carrey was there. Oh. Yeah. Wow. He flew in on a helicopter and was talking about you know some kind of. Uh, synchronicities or I don't know something cool it was cool yeah it was it was cool yeah I mean your guys music definitely pulled in like probably some pretty uh unique fans I would imagine too yeah um, and shortly thereafter too I think is when you guys started you did the you did some the FKA twig stuff too right oh yeah yeah because you kind of if I'm not mistaken I think her first record was with you guys, correct? We did, yeah, we did some stuff on her first record. But even her first appearance was that, wasn't it? That like, um, oh, that video, that, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was her first, but we did a, yeah, we did a video and like a seven yeah. inch with her. And how did that come about? Um, how did that come about? I don't remember. Wow, because I mean that was you know, people's first kind of impression of her sort of came through that material. Yeah. And then, you know, she obviously went on to have, like, a pretty illustrious career. Oh, yeah, she's, mm-hmm. yeah. We met, I can't remember how we met. Um, oh, it was through her, we knew her manager, Mikey. Oh, okay. Um, I think we met him in London or something. Right. There was a tour. Was Did you, we didn't, you guys didn't do any shows. Uh, With her? Yeah. Um, I don't think. I have a feeling so, like we were definitely talking about it right. back then, but I mean, yeah, I mean that was like a was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time yeah. ago. But that's cool. I mean that video and I'm trying to remember the title of that. It was. Uh, I think it was just called FKA Times oh, Inc. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, that was a kind of a unique way to kind of come out with something too. Yeah, that was trip. Yeah. Yeah, we worked with her here in LA for a little bit, and then we were kind of spending some time out in the desert yeah Um, my brother was kind of living there and yeah she came out with us out there and we spent like a month living out there kind of amazing working on yeah just kind of working on music yeah there was another video that you guys did that was the sort of still stationary shot long shot of him or was it you that was running towards the camera oh it was both of us yeah oh yeah yeah that was of that same period, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That song, that was for Angel. Yeah. Love that song. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, we were dressed as rodeo clowns. Right, right. Kind of what the spirit was... of rodeo clowns video. <laughs> yeah. What was the impetus behind that? Um, I guess 
Uh, I I don't know, but <laughs> I think there's a lot there's a there's an archetype of a rodeo clown, you know, mm-hmm. that that we were connected to at the time. I think there's a certain sacrificial element. Mm-hmm. There's a humor. There's a uh, like it's like you're protecting protection. Yeah. Um, and and you you dressed all crazy and you're brave, you know. Yeah. I mean, to be an artist, you are kind of doing all those things, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great analogy. Yeah, it was, it was fun. So then, like, as time starts to go, too, like, I think that then we sort of get to this this period where I feel like you were sort of did experience the kind of, oh, God, like, indie darling thing, I guess, which I hate. That's right. not really your style, I mean, obviously. You know, but to be, like, put under a microscope on pitchfork, analyzed and, and like sort of, you know, deduced to like descriptions from journalists and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this album is sort of, in a way was kind of like a response to that because it's like self-released and right. it's way, it's way more um, meditative and acoustic mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this is, I'm speaking of As Light As Light, this, this, uh, this record, which came out in 2016 on your own label. Mm-hmm. Um, this, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, this is something I listened to like kind of nonstop. Um, and, I, and I put it back on this morning too. Mm-hmm. And just like really pretty beautiful um, songwriting. And particularly my one of my favorites is Him Too, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. which is really like a, a gospel style yeah. narrative. Yeah. What was, what was going on with you guys when you made this record oh that was we made that record in like two or three weeks mm-hmm. here uh, in LA yeah at a friend's house uh, in Mount Washington he had like a little studio set up yeah it was pretty much just the two of us and our friend Cole MGN oh yes of course yeah um, so yeah we just kind of set up shop and like we we're just kind of working on it and we had friends come through that song, our friend D. Miles playing piano on and drums, who's a great musician, gospel musician. Yeah, it was kind of just, yeah, like you said, it was kind of just, I guess the intention of that was to really make music, like that song was mostly improvised in a way, like kind yeah. of came in a, in a, it just came, you know, and we uh, captured a lot of stuff as it was coming Mm -hmm. and it was kind of intentional about like the energy of, of how we're feeling like as it's being recorded or something. Yeah. So like that, cause that obviously always comes through the music and there's always something special about a first take when you're vulnerable and you're exploring and you're, um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of what a lot of that is about. Do you have you? When's the last time you listened to that? It's been a while. Do you go back and listen to the to the music of the band? Um, not really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're also making a lot on your own. I mean, you did last year. You were pretty. You're you're like in a zone. Yeah. Creatively, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been kind of yeah working on some other projects for the past two years. So yeah. But I I'll go back and listen to certain things 
um, just out of curiosity, the, in the a way. The last song on that on that side is really cool too. I like that one. Oh a lot. yeah, yeah. The dreams. What's it called? Watch this dream. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty beautiful song. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. We're just kind of uh, just going with what sounds. Uh, uh, shoot, it's hard to put to words. <laughs> we were just jamming with friends a lot of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. like this, like. Yeah, we had some friends play, and we put a, ba- a different sort of band together for these live shows that were kind of more like, it was just kind of more like free in a way. Yeah, I'm remembering the shows of that time that we did. I know that we did um, this Troubadour show yeah, the Troubadour, Francis yeah. and the Lights, I think. Yep, yeah, yep. Francis oh. played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool, because at the time, he... He was uh, he wasn't doing a lot of performances, yeah. Unless it was like with Kanye or something like right. that. So, yeah, we did. It. We were definitely doing some stuff around LA. I remember we were trying to do like a residency, which we sort of did oh, yeah. at the Lyric. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. If I'm not, if memory serves. Didn't we do one at uh, Zebulon too? Or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I know the Lyric one was with Night Jewel, and then um, and then the the Zebulon one had a few other people. Yeah. And I've always like learned of really cool artists through you guys too because because you would always we'd always have a pretty um amazing lineups because you guys would basically build the bill mm. yourself and stuff i mean that's how i mean the world kind of came to know kalela through that i mean that's how i got to know her music is through a show opening for you guys and, right and all that i don't um, take credit for that but yeah yeah we no. met we met kalela through ashland total freedom oh that's right yeah total freedom was on a, on a few ink shows yeah, too yeah 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 definitely. He, he, he actually kind of put on our first show in LA oh no way really yeah it was like yeah it was a super it was a cool show though it was like uh, super what super kind of underground right and then he used to do this this weekly thing at the spot called M-Bar it's called Grown he did a night oh yeah with Zane S-F-E Acid oh cool and uh, we played there a few times and nice yeah yeah cool little community of of super innovative artists and stuff like that yeah Um, and I should say I mean obviously Colella is an incredible artist herself I don't need to give Ashlyn credit for her of course not of course not no I mean but I just mean that's how we met her of course yeah 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 and I met her through through y'all so it was like you know that trajectory of, of of connecting the dots and you know in like a pretty small community right. of people, you yeah. know. Like when you said Cole, I know Cole worked, you know, on several projects with Dame Funk as well. Right. Yeah. And then obviously through uh, Night Jewel, and then you guys did a record with her. I mean, one right. of her one of her earliest ones that yeah. I love, which is um, "Am I Real?" Right. Yeah. Um, and you guys played a lot of them. Yeah, we played on that. Yeah. 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 Dope record. Yeah. Um, and. Um, so yeah, I mean, so it brings us to like this this journey here with you solo because eventually then your brother like he, he moved so he's not you guys aren't in the same towns so, right yeah and it gives you all this you have to channel your energy somewhere right yeah yeah this new album which is called remind me of the title you're protected by silent love yeah wow and. What a cool kind of you know graduation from the first from the first tape, the mm. self-titled thing, because it, it's it's pretty different. It's uh, it's a cool like you know evolution you mm. know sound. Are you how would you compare the two? I mean, as far as like recording wise, like um, 
kind of a similar process in really? a way. Yeah. Um, I think I was really focused on like inspiration, I guess. Uh, and where are you pulling that from? I don't really control it, I feel. Um, I would do this thing where when I was working on the music or, or just like working on any music, if I wasn't feeling inspired by it, if I wasn't liking what I was hearing, I would just stop and then come back to it. And if, if I liked it, I would keep going. I would kind of just like check in and be like, am I, is this, am I in a good headspace to be mm -hmm. creating, you know? But yeah, it was also like, trying to just accept what the music is without trying to force it to be something. They both are really, I guess. But I think because I had previously released something, I was like, you know, you're always thinking about, or you're trying to ignore the thoughts of how it connects to this or something. Yeah, of you know? course. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't mean to try to force you to, to compare the two because... Um, no, I mean, I've I've actually like listened to it together too to be like who is this guy you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh because it's revealing for me mostly like as to what is going on but uh yeah I think there was also an effort to accept imperfection a lot on it mm -hmm. and recognize like that my perfectionism oftentimes is coming from not the healthiest places in my mind. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, accepting that and, and like, just trying to, like, uh, imbue the music with, like, the things that I love, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, and the feelings and the spirits, different music. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, it, you know, it has to be, music can be, wabi-sabi yeah you know right and and that's what makes it great yeah totally um, especially you know songs with no vocals yeah because which is the music i gravitate to the most because it allows me to then experience how i like to experience it right which is could be entirely the opposite or different from how obviously you experience it because you made it from scratch right. too so it's like, you know, watching a movie or whatever or, yeah. or anything or looking at fine art or something. Everyone will interpret it kind of differently. Mm -hmm. And I think your environment plays into it exponentially. So right. I live in a place that's surrounded by trees and right. like, um, you know, mad plants and constant sunshine in a yeah. room that's made of glass. So, right. of course, this music is going to affect me, uh, you know in a very profound way because mm. my environment is what this is what my brain is processing the whole time. Right. So it's like a trip. Like it's like I'm high off of it. You right. know? But if I lived in a subterranean basement, you know, with no light, right. then it'll affect me in a very different That's way. That's true. Yeah. Know? But anyway, you know, anyway, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm just excited that, you know, that you're, taking chances and like doing music on your own too, you know? Yeah. Um, which is pretty neat because you come from, cause you're coming from a place that, you know, and played on so many, played with so many musicians and stuff that are, I guess, kind of traditional in certain, ex to a certain extent mm -hmm. and making pretty like experimental music, mm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, like compared to like, the form of genre, you know, right. of like R&B, gospel, soul, jazz, funk. And this sort of is like this kind of 
just way more trippy kind of um, amalgamation of all that mm. with no vocals. Right. You know, it's dope. You know, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm just like kind of like I don't mean to just go on and on about it. You know, No, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for both sides, you know, because yeah. I think for me, it's like they kind of both inform each other and they both like help each other grow, you know, so they're kind of like I kind of feel like it's like, yeah, there's this reflection happening and it just gets brighter, like the more that I do both, you know, right. so yeah, we're very grateful to be able to do both. Are you like accumulating gear or do you just, are you, what's your, what kind of, what are your tools? Like, do you, I know you have more than one base that you use, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I need to slim down the gear, but yeah, accumulating gear. Um, what do you most, what do you gravitate to, like when you're recording? It always changes, honestly, you know. For the last thing, a lot of synthesizers I guess mm -hmm. um, lately it's been a lot of microphones cool and kind of more sort of acoustic that's a, that's a weird word because everything's really acoustic I guess but yeah what kind you do you have like a 12 string or something like that or I got uh, I don't have a 12 string I have a baritone oh cool but um, yeah acoustic guitars and yeah. stuff Pedal steel still is always like a there's there's so much there that I'm exploring. Piano. Do you like listen to like bluegrass and like folk no, music and stuff like, like that? Because <laughs> those instruments are used so much in that, like, right? In country, yeah, I do, I do listen to country. Okay. Yeah, bluegrass is tricky for me. I like some of the dead bluegrass, like oh, yeah, pizza okay. tapes and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't really connect with that lineage so much right it's more the it's, it's a west coast thing probably yeah you're not connected i grew up like you know in oh, appalachia right. so yeah not that i'm like a big like bluegrass head or whatever yeah, you know it's, like it's, it's closer big. in proximity right um so you hear that music in a lot of those instruments right you know but i guess you're you know growing up so close to the bay and growing up so close to the grateful dead's you know you know nucleus right i could see maybe some of that seeping in to your you know psyche yeah and stuff i played at that i played at a bluegrass festival once and it was i overdosed on it and i haven't been able to listen to it since uh -huh. <laughs> it yeah. was like bluegrass for like three days straight and i was like that's a lot it's so fast too and it's so shreddy and i was like <laughs> <laughs> but i do love country music like especially ballads and mm -hmm. um 90s country and you know oh yeah you know but yeah and, and that instrument's been used, like, recently I've been listening to, like, some, a lot of African music, and, mm -hmm. and, I mean, it's been used all over the world. Yeah. Hawaiian music, and, totally. and gospel, like, sacred steel style, and blues, and it's really just, like, yeah, sliding a bar mm -hmm. on metal, and that sound, and then... They develop the instrument with the pedals and stuff. There is definitely a cult around like the pedal steel. And stuff yeah, like for that. sure. Yeah. Are you? That's just another self-taught type of thing, though. You're just kind of experimenting with it. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to get it down. Cool. Um, yeah, mostly I've taken a few lessons with friends and stuff, but yeah, I'm finding same with everything for me. It's like I have to learn. Like I guess similarly to how I work in like more specific genres of music or what what you might call pop music and then i also work on my own 
thing which feels detached from a lot or something it feels very mm-hmm. personal intimate same thing with like learning an instrument with pedal steel i'll spend you know hours like learning a a buck owen song or some specific yeah. piece of music and then and then i'll spend an equal amount of time like exploring my own voice on it and they kind of feed each other too yeah. you know so yeah i'm kind of like yeah really enjoying that approach to it yeah very cool man so what about you and your brother? Do you think there'll be another a day that we'll see some music from the two of you again? Probably, but I don't know when. But we're <laughs> still fairly young men, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely are. Um, I would love to see that because I, I just have a feeling it'll be like just another new chapter. You right. know, having you guys are like always seemingly on your, you know, on like a kind of a spiritual journey, mm. you know, and your brother's a highly spiritual guy. Yeah. You know, I've always enjoyed being around him because he's like a really uh, warm dude. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, I have a brother too. So, um, and it's just me and my brother. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely something when you have a brother, you can kind of identify that energy yeah. thing, which it'd be pretty powerful yeah. and profound and yeah. stuff. Now, we are not in a band, and you guys are like twins too, basically, right? Almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A year apart. Yeah, definitely. So that has to be such a pretty like powerful bond, I would imagine, yeah? It is, yeah. Yeah, it's mysterious, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see uh, something happen one yeah, of these days. me too, yeah. And I'm just excited about this new record too, man. And just the fact that you were down to come over here and have a conversation. Oh man! Um, and on such a beautiful day in Southern California. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Thank and, you. Yeah, man. And good luck in all your endeavors and shit. Thanks, man. Cool. As long as I know there is light, you're 